Um, I do believe God's put a word on my heart for you tonight, and it's a slightly unusual word in that sense. Um, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to the book of Acts and hover around chapter 11. I want to talk about this church, and actually I think this actually really applies to Wrexham as well. I want to talk about this church here in Chester, but it definitely applies to Wrexham, being like a base church to reach out to others. Uh, that, that's what God's called you to be. We always felt that about Chester. We always felt Chester was a really significant city. We felt it was like a, a gateway city, interesting uh, Wrexham's called Gateway. We feel that about Wrexham as well. And I want to really address you and encourage you to be who God has said you are to be. You see, it's always been God's intention that we reach out to others. It's wonderful to see it on your um, statement here of um, your vision about reaching out and uh, uh, what does it say? The, you know, um, being outward-looking, it's the very first one, there it is, I knew it was, outward-looking with compassion to Chester, that we should be those who aren't looking in, we should be those who are looking out to others. It's always been God's intention that we do that. When God made the first couple, when he made that first humanity, Adam and Eve, he said to them, go and fill all the earth. That was his plan, that was his purpose, that was God's original intent. Unfortunately, they didn't do that, they were more aware of trying to be like God, rather than do God's work, and they sinned and they fell. Very soon in this story, man starts to build up rather than go out. Do you remember the Tower of Babel? Remember God, man tries to reach for the heavens. He always tries to do that. He always tries to make a name for himself to be significant, to reach out, up as it were. And God comes again and scatters, doesn't he? And, and that's what God does, you see, because God's got a plan and a purpose for his people to reach the nation and to reach the nations. And God's got a plan for you here, specifically in Chester, to do that. God's, I believe, got a plan for Wrexham to do that as well, that you should be a church that is primarily reaching out, primarily one that goes. See, we've had this thing in Christianity where we've said to people, come. We've said, come to our courses, come to our events, come to our services, come to our meetings. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. We put on good meetings, good services, good events, good alpha courses, good marriage. Wonderful. But Jesus never said to tell them to come. He said to us to go. That's what we're called to do. We're called to go and reach the nation. We're called to go and reach out to people. We're called to go and to reach out in his name. In fact, when Jesus gathered his disciples together, after he'd given his life, after he'd made atonement, after he'd actually given his life, he said to them, go into all the earth. Go into all the world, all nations, and make disciples of all peoples. It's his commission on us to do that. He only said, wait for one thing. He didn't say wait to be trained, he didn't say wait to be equipped, he didn't say wait to go on a course, wait to get a certificate, wait to go to Bible college. He said simply wait until you get the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God comes on you, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, yeah, Jerusalem's your home city, right? Jerusalem is Chester for you, Jerusalem's here, right? Or he said not just Jerusalem, he said it's going to be in Judea. Judea's your county. I guess the county here is, is Cheshire. I live in Cheshire, just a little inch or two in Cheshire, the other end near Manchester. Right? 
it's easy to reach out to your city. It's a little bit harder to reach out to your county. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria is the county next door or the nation next door. <laughs> who we find a little difficult sometimes. If you're in Lancashire, it could be Yorkshire. If you're in Chester, it could be Wales. I don't know. <laughs> but it's... It, See, that's what he says. He says, when the Spirit comes on you, all these barriers, all these borders are going to be broken down. And you're going to go from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. There's nothing going to stop the church running with the gospel. There's nothing going to stop the church running with the church. When the church is full of the Holy Spirit, when the church is empowered with the Spirit, we go. Now, let me just say, in case you're only thinking geography here, And actually, geography is really important. I love his word about passports. We'll come back to that. It's not just about geography. It's about where you are, where you live, where you work, where you study, where you socialize, where you commute to. See, we're called to be witnesses of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And the ends of the earth might just be down your street. The ends of the earth might just be in your road, in your school, in your class. So it's important we understand that. We're all called to be missionaries. Missionaries aren't some... Well, they may be strange people, I don't know. Missionaries aren't some strange people who just go to outer Mongolia or darkest, deepest, darkest Africa. All God's people are missionaries. The word missionary is simply the Latin word, missio. It's the Latin word for apostle or apostolic. We're all an apostolic people. We're all a people on a mission. We're all missionaries. The word apostle simply means one sent with authority. And Jesus sent his church with authority to be missionaries in the world. And sometimes you can pray for missionaries as if they're out there. The truth is this, you're a missionary tomorrow to the people you meet on the street. You're a missionary tomorrow to the people you meet in the supermarket. You're a missionary tomorrow to the people in your classroom. You're a missionary tomorrow to the people in your office. You're a missionary tomorrow, what sociologists call the third space. First space is your home. You're a missionary in home. Second space is where you work, if you're privileged enough to be in work. Third space... It's where you socialise, it's where you have coffee, it's where you have a drink, it's where you sit in a park, it's where you go shopping, it's where you walk, it's where you do your leisure activities. And all of us are called to represent Jesus in those spaces. All of us are called to be missionaries. And if you get anything from today's message, get this, you are a missionary. You are anointed, appointed by God, called by him, filled by his Holy Spirit and propelled out into life to live for him and to be a witness for him in everything you do. Now, I think the best church or the church in the New Testament that's the best example of this or one of the best examples is the church in Antioch. Now, you may have heard people talk about Antioch churches. Well, there was a church in Antioch, a real place. It was an interesting city. Antioch was, it was really the third largest city in the known world. Second only to Alexandra in Egypt and Rome in Italy. It was a very important city. It was also on a major crossroads 
of, of east, west, north, south. It's just on a major crossroads route. Chester's on major crossroads, isn't it? You're on a major route. That's Wrexham is as well. It was also a really multicultural city. You were more likely in the streets to hear other languages being spoken. In fact, they had their own quarters, like walled quarters within Antioch, where oh, they, were the, 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 they were the people from Africa, they were the people from Europe, they were the, people from, they were the, they were the Jews, they were the Greeks. There were different quarters in the city. It was ever so multicultural, it was ever so strategic, and God raises up a massive church there that influences the nation and the nations. And I believe it's a picture or a pattern of a church for you. So if you've got a Bible, let's have a read. We're going to read in Acts chapter 11, and then we're going to read in Acts chapter 13, and then we're going to draw three conclusions from this. So Acts chapter 11, let me read this. We'll give a bit of history as we go. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. So what's going on there? There's persecution in the early church. In Jerusalem, the apostles have been preaching the name of Jesus. That stirred up the crowds. It stirred up people. It's particularly stirred when a young man called Stephen gets up and preaches an amazing gospel of Jesus, preaches an amazing sermon, and the crowds turn against him. They stone him. They kill him. He's the first martyr. And from that, it said, the church started to be persecuted and they were spread. Now, ever so interesting, who brings the persecution? It's ever so interesting just to think about it. Of course, it's the enemy. Of course, it's evil people. But actually, God told them to go. They didn't go. They stayed. God then allows persecution to come in order that they might go. And it said they were scattered because of the persecution. Let me say this. Even some of the negative things in your life that come from an enemy, that are evil, that are harmful to you, God allows for your good to propel you into his destiny, to propel you into his future, to propel you into where he wants you to go. That's what happened with Joseph, didn't it? Lots of bad stuff happened to Joseph. But at the end of his life, when his brothers come to him, and say, will you forgive us? He says, of course I forgive you. He said, you meant it for evil. Doesn't excuse them, doesn't let them off. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And sometimes persecutions, difficulties, trials. Some of you in Wrexham right now, you're facing trials and difficulties. You think, what, what is all this about? God's allowing things for a scattering. He's allowing things for good. He's allowing things to propel you into his purposes. Some of them, this is shock horror in a moment, some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. So suddenly we get this leap of the gospel going from Jews to Greeks. See, Jesus had told them to go to all creation, told them to go to every nation, told them to go to every people and language group, told them that that's what they should do, but they kept it among the Jews so far. Suddenly, because of the persecution, they can't keep the message of Jesus quiet. They have to speak up where they are. And they speak up to the Jews, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. 
Now, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check it out. doesn't say to check it out. That's my addition. But when he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done and was glad and encouraged them all the more to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Now Saul, we know him as the Apostle Paul, at this stage had just become a Christian and was kind of in hiding, kind of in exile, working out what this new message means, working out what his gospel is. And he's in hiding in Tarsus, hiding away. And Barnabas goes and finds him. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now flip over with me, chapter 13. And first three verses there. Now, in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they prayed and so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And you know the rest of the story. The missionary journeys start, and the whole of Europe and Asia get to hear the word of the Lord. It starts from Antioch. Antioch is a pivotal city. Before Antioch, it was just amongst the Jews. After Antioch, the gospel spreads like wildfire amongst the Gentiles. And I just want to learn three things from Antioch. First of all this, notice how multicultural they were. Notice how much they reflected their society that they lived in. Let's look at some of the people who were in Antioch. Barnabas, well, we, we know from Luke's description of Barnabas that he's a Levite from Cyprus. He's part of the Jewish ruling class. He's part of Jewish aristocracy. Quite a key guy. Simeon, however, or Simon, called Niger, which just means black. He's probably a black African slave from Cyrene. And some people think this is Simon of Cyrene who carried Jesus' cross. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say that, but some theologians, quite a lot of theologians say that. This is Simon of Cyrene. Simeon, Simon, Cyrene, black African slave. But isn't it great to see black Africans right in the mix at the beginning of the early church? Lucius of Cyrene. Cyrene's in northern Africa. Again, another black African, probably another slave. Manian who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That doesn't just mean he, he kind of went to the same school as a famous person. What it means is he was actually in the household of Herod, the king. This is a real well-connected guy. This is kind of royalty guy. This is a guy who's rubbed shoulders with royalty. This is a guy of really important job. And Saul 
who was a Greek speaker from Tarsus. This is a real mix of people. This is rich and poor. This is Africa and Europe. This is slave and free. This is Jew and Gentile. This is young and old. This is the church of Jesus Christ. No more walls. Isn't it interesting we sang that song? Let the walls come down. Spirit, break the walls down. In Antioch, they literally built walls in their quarters. They, it was like, you know, the old... Um, Trivial pursuit, you know, little, little pieces of cheese, you know, you, it was walled quarters and you didn't go from the black quarter to the Jewish quarter, you didn't go from the Jewish quarter to the European quarter because they're different and we don't know them. In the church, we're all brought together and this is the promise to Abraham, this is the promise of the gospel, this is that actually through your seed, which is Jesus, every family on earth is going to be blessed, every clan, every nation, every different coloured skin, every different accent every different background, every different educational ability, every different one. I love what you say in the Bible. I, I wasn't looking at the words. I was looking at your values here. You know, um, we value everyone irrespective of their differences. In fact, that's, where do you get that? Where else do you get that? Where else do you get a granny happy to chat to a 14-year-old lad? Where else do you get a black African happy to chat to an Irish guy? Where else do you get, where, I mean, where, where else, you know, the, no, no names intended. <coughs> you can put your own, you know, where else do you get the Welsh talking to the English? Where else do you get that? <coughs> I tell you, you might just get it at a drunken wedding. Just occasionally, you know, for one night only, to please the bride and groom, all the family gets together and has to get together and granny has to dance with little Johnny and the Irish have to get on with the, 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 the blacks. However, and the English have to get on with the Welsh. However, where it's supposed to live and where it's supposed to be in harmony is in the church. We are one new man in Christ. And that means we don't just put up with one another's differences, we actually actively celebrate it. It's wonderful that a young black man contributes in the meeting today. It's wonderful to hear different voices of different nations. It's wonderful to hear the Northern Irish voice. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful to see different age groups here in the band, younger, older. Wonderful to see different coloured skins and, you know, <coughs> well, some are, looking, some are looking decidedly older, I might add. I hadn't seen the beard until tonight. <laughs> and I said to him, when did you realise that it was grey? Because it's not grey on top, it's all grey down here. Does anyone remember Grizzly Adams? Anyone old enough to remember? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I said to Mark, hey Mark, you're looking more and more like Grizzly Adams. He said, did you know Grizzly Adams died three weeks ago? I hope I don't look like him now, he said. <laughs> But isn't it wonderful in the church we can celebrate differences? Isn't it wonderful we can be cheeky and laugh and have, have fun together, celebrate different shapes and sizes, different coloured hairs, different coloured skins, different, just, we're different. But isn't that wonderful that God brings us together and makes us one in Christ? See, Barnabas, it says he saw the evidence of the grace of God and was really encouraged. I wonder what he saw. I think that's what he saw. I think what he saw in a diverse city like Antioch, 
he saw the church in all its glory, male, female, young, old, black, white, rich, poor, all together as one new man in Christ. And he goes, that's the grace of God. Only God can do that. Only God can add together a, a university professor and a drug addict, ex-drug addict, or an ex-drunkard, or an ex-prostitute, and actually make them one in Christ and join them together where they can learn from one another, where they can be in true unity. Only God can do that. And that's different what God is doing in the church. And I just want to underline this for you here, in particularly in Chester. That's what God's doing. Is I look out here, you're a right old mix of people. <laughs> and that, that's, that's really, really good. Shall I tell you what really worries me when I go to churches? And they're all the same. They're all the same age. Or they're all the same demographic. Or, or they're all the same colour, or all the, all the same... You think, no, we're not supposed to be monochrome. It's the, it's the multicoloured grace of God. And I want to celebrate that with you here and say thank you to the Lord. That's what he's doing. Do you know what? I actually think it's a touch of heaven on earth. Because in heaven, in eternity, there'll be praises from every tongue, tribe, language, clan, people group. And we get a little touch of it here. Isn't it wonderful? Dear friends, celebrate what God's done amongst you. Celebrate that you really are an Antioch-style church, ethnically diverse, multicultural. Let's celebrate that. Secondly, they were a church that was really led by the Holy Spirit. I mean, I love that about the church. I love that while they're worshipping and fasting and praying, they're all spiritual activities, while they're having their meetings, while they're gathering together... The Holy Spirit spoke. Who did he speak through? Doesn't say, does it? Doesn't say who the Spirit spoke through. It says there were teachers and prophets there. It might have been from one of those. It names some particular leaders. It might have been through one of those. My guess and my experience is that God takes great delight not speaking through leaders and gifted ones but speaking through ordinary ones. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel here, oh, I'm not that educated, I'm not, I'm not, that, I'm not that well-trained in the Bible, I'm not that well-taught, I'm, you can hear God as much as any of us. You can hear God as much as the most educated, the most trained, the most informed person. You can hear God. In fact, sometimes I would say you can even hear God better because you don't filter it through your massive cranium brain and your incredible experience. You're just simple. That's why Jesus said, actually, we've got to become like little children to enter the kingdom. Because the thing I love about kids is they just believe. They take it on face value. They accept people for who they are. They don't judge. They just listen and obey and hear. And Samuel's like that, little Samuel. Do you remember Samuel in the Bible? Yes, Lord, who's speaking? Oh, yes, Lord, I'll do your will. And we've got to become like little children. And I wonder who it was. I wonder who brought the word of the Lord to set apart Barnabas and Saul. Could have been anyone. It could be anyone here tonight. Anyone here tonight could bring a word that can change lives. Anyone here tonight could bring a word that can change nations. Anyone here tonight can bring a word that can change destinies. Don't you love that about the church? Don't you love it? That any, Jesus said, all my sheep hear my voice. They do. You hear him. 
There'll be dreams, there'll be visions. We hear them in different ways. As we read the Bible, as we listen to things being preached, as we, as we observe nature, God speaks to us. And I just want to encourage you, and again, I want to encourage you because you're already doing this. You are a spirit-filled church. I'll let you into a secret. There's no other such thing. There is, you know, it's, like, it's like saying a round circle, spirit-filled church. They, that's what they are. They are all supposed to be spirit-filled. Apparently some aren't, but... That's, that's what this church is, spirit-filled. And you are a really spirit-filled church. And God wants to commend you, I believe. And I believe I'm here tonight to encourage you, get more of the spirit. Just keep being an oasis of the spirit. Keep being a place where people can come in, like it says in Corinthians, and says, I don't understand necessarily what's going on, but when you spoke and that one shared the secrets of their heart, I've just fallen down and said, God, surely God is in this place. And actually, I believe people are going to be sent out on mission. I believe nations are going to be impacted because you're a spirit-filled community. You're listening to God. You hear God, and he speaks to you. I love it. There was a couple of points, even in our meeting today, where we were just still, and we were listening, and then we had tongues and prophecy and interpretations and words from God. I want to encourage you. We need more of it, not less of it. We need to more of the Spirit, not less. Some people say, well, what happens if we get more of the Spirit? Will we get odd? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. It depends on your definition of odd. Because Jesus said, one just, one just like me is going to come, and he's going to lead you into my ways and reveal my truth to you. He said, wait in Jerusalem, you're going to be filled with my spirit, and he's going to send you out on my mission. So what happens when you get filled with the spirit? You get more and more like Jesus. If you think Jesus is odd, I'm sorry, you've got a problem. <laughs> but you're going to get more like Jesus. Don't fear the Holy Spirit. Don't fear what he might say to you. Don't fear if you really surrender to him what might happen. I'll tell you what might happen, you'll get more Christ-like. And who doesn't want to be more like Jesus? Who doesn't want to be more like him? Who doesn't want to have more compassion and more love and more courage and more, more fire and more zeal? And Who doesn't want to have more wisdom? Because that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You simply get to be more like Jesus. My last point. Okay, my two points so far. <clears throat> We're to be a multicultural, multi-ethnic, culturally diverse church. Secondly, we're to be a church led by the Spirit. I mean, we, li we love leaders. This isn't a word against leaders. It's not saying we don't need leaders, because leaders need to weigh words. A, a word came in our church, a, a lady, <clears throat> when I was in the northeast of England, a lady had a word about us reaching out to asylum seeker refugees. So, I mean, I don't mean this to offend anyone, but she was a kind of stay-at-home mum, housewife, that wasn't on the leadership team, didn't run a group. But God spoke to her. We weighed that as elders and leaders and decided this was the word of the Lord. It radically affected the whole of our program for the next 10 years. So much so that we had 100 asylum seeker refugees come to our church. We were running houses. We were running, we were running food bank before it was a food bank. We just didn't know it was a food bank. We just gave out food to people who were needy. And we ran houses and education programs. And this lady, you know, she was not a leader in the church. She was, can I say this without being offensive, an ordinary person. But leaders weighed it and led into it. And it's good that leaders do that. So this isn't against leaders. This is just saying every 
one of us can hear God's voice. The third point is that it was a church that went out on mission. It was a church that went to the nations. And this, I believe, is going to be a church that does that. I believe this is going to be a church that sends people out to the nations. Now, you start where you are, because actually, there's nations in our cities. There's literal nations in our cities. There's literal people groups from different nations, different cultures, different backgrounds. But there's also people of different diversity. There's people who like certain styles of music or like certain styles of fashion, certain styles of dress, certain styles of uh, aligning themselves. With. So it's like they're nations within nations. And God is going to send us to those people. And God is going to call us as missionaries. We use a phrase in New Frontiers that is stupid, is silly, is actually doesn't make sense because it's the phrase apostolic mission. You've heard us use that? We're, all, we're on apostolic mission. And as I said before, the word apostle simply means to be sent with authority. When that was translated from, that was a Greek word, when it was translated from Greek into Latin, the, the Latin word that best fitted it was the word missio, where we get the word mission from. So it's like saying apostolic apostles or missionary missions. <laughs> apostolic mission, we're all on apostolic mission. All of us are on it. We're all missionaries. We're all called. We're all an apostolic people. And every one of us is called, wherever God has put us, to be carriers of the love and life of the Lord Jesus. So when we're talking about reaching nations, don't just think about Africa. Don't just think about China. Don't just think about South America. Think about where God has called you, where you will be tomorrow. Who you will meet tomorrow. Who will you meet tomorrow that nobody else here will meet? See, people complain about this. They say, oh, Jeremy, the place where I work is really dark. Oh, oh, oh my school, my college, oh, oh my, my shop, you know, oh, oh, my factory, oh, you know, the centre where I go, it's really, really dark. And I go, oh, dang, you know, oh, what a shame. Who would have thought to put the light of the world in darkness? Who would have thought to do that? Because that's what God does. He shines his light in darkness. It's no good shining a light in when the sun's shining. We don't see it. We don't need a light in light places. We need a light in dark places. So God's put you in dark places. He's put you in difficult situations. You see, Jesus came saying, I am the light of the world. Then he says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. You read it. It's really weird how he flips it around saying, I am, now you are. Because actually you're in me. And we're carrying the light of Christ. We're, ca we're living flames. We're carrying his light into darkness. That's tomorrow when you go into your school, when you go into your class, when you go into your office and factory, when you go into the center, when you go shopping or whatever you're doing tomorrow, you're literally carrying the living Lord Jesus with you. You're literally carrying a living flame with you. You're the light of the world. Now, this is really important. It's why we must send you out and why we must also support you. Because it can feel very lonely in dark places. You can feel very vulnerable in dark places. You can feel very isolated in dark places. That's why the church gathers like this. We gather to be a city on a hill, a light to the nations. We then disperse in the week to our dark places shining for Jesus and then we come back together we share our stories we pray for one another we encourage one another and we send each other out again that's why the church is vital 
It's why we are to be a community together that supports one another. Missionaries are not just people we send off to Peru. Missionaries are people who are sent out into everyday, ordinary lives. And you're to be an Antioch church that sends out people, the Pauls and the Barnabases, and the Sallys and the Phils and the Freds. And you're to be sent out into ordinary lives, shining for Jesus. But also, some of you will actually go to new nations. I mean, there actually is a nation on our doorstep that's very needy. Isn't there, Callie? <laughs> and some of you will go to nations. Some of you will travel to continents. So there's some young people here who will actually go to nations. There's some young people here who will actually go to different parts of the world. And God will open doors for you to go to different nations. You know that, don't you? That's been in your heart, hasn't it? Yeah, I say, and that's good. That's a really good thing. We should celebrate that. We should honour that. And God's going to speak to people in this community to go to different parts of the world because you're an Antioch base. You're a church that's going to influence the nation and the nations. And actually, we need to give room for that. We need to make sure that actually we are fulfilling our prophetic call. And lastly, there are people who are just called to stay here. And strengthen. See, in, in, in New Frontiers, the family of churches that we're involved in, Callie will re- remember this, about 20, 15, 20 years ago, there was a prophetic picture from our leader, Terry Verger, the founding father of New Frontiers, of a bow and arrow. You may have heard the story, and he had the vision of a bow and arrow, and the bow was superimposed across Great Britain down here. And you see that? It was superimposed across the south from East Anglia, right through the south and down to the southwest. That was the bow. And then what happened is the arrow was put in the bow and it was pulled up to the north of the nation. And then it was fired to the nations. And what God said through that prophetic picture was this. As you strengthen and pull back the bow into the north of the UK, and many of us move north on this word, Actually, God will fire you to the nations. And that's exactly what's happening now. As Christ Central Church is part of New Frontiers, we're involved in many different nations now. God wants you involved in many different nations. But the strength of the arrow is found not in the arrow, but in the bow. And the bow doesn't go, the bow stays. And there are some people here, you're just called to be pillars of the church. You're just called to be those who give the church strength. And you are just as important. In fact, we can't send any arrows without you because you're the strength. You're the sending ones. You're the ones that commission it. You're the ones that are there to receive them back. So tonight, I want to pray for different sets of people. Why don't we even start there? Because sometimes I think we dishonor those who feel called to stay. It's just as important to feel called to stay as it is to go. So if you feel either in Wrexham or here in Chester, that, do you know what? I can't imagine life, living life anywhere else. I'm, I'm called to be part of the bow. I'm called to be part of this anti... I'm a pillar in the church. I'm called to be a strengthening one, to stay and to be a sending one, to stay and be an encouraging one, to stay and be a supporting one. Because, you know, we're not all going to go. Otherwise, there'd be no church left. <laughs> if that's you and you know that, and you just want to celebrate that with us for a moment, 
Why don't you stand right now if you're able to stand or raise your hand if you can't stand? That's great. There's going to be several of us. It's wonderful. It's great to see people with their hands up as well. If you're near somebody, either with their hand up or you're near somebody who's standing, let's just bless them. Might be you go and move toward them and just honour the fact that they're called to stay. Honour the fact that they are called to be in this city or in Wrexham and they're going to give their life. That's not a life sentence. God has quite the ability to change minds and, and move things around. But we want to honour that these people's call. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the call to stay. We thank you, Lord, for the call to be a backbone in the church. We thank you, Lord, for the call to be like a bow, strength and strong, and having it like being an arrow, you know, being able to send an arrow. We thank you that we can't just throw arrows, we need the bow to pull back and to fire them. And we honour these people, Lord, who are saying, we're staying, we're staying in Chester, we're staying in Wrexham, we're going to give our lives to these churches, we're going to make sure these churches are strong and built well and, and have love at their heart and community and grace and full of the spirit and full of different people. We're staying here, we're committed here. Lord, we honour these people, we honour their faith, we honour the faith to stay. It takes just as much faith to stay as it takes to go and we say thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? We're now going to pray for those who feel they should go. Now, let me just do two sets of goings. And it might be, you might notice the same set of people just stand up in a minute. If you listen carefully, I'll tell you why. Some of us are called to go where we are. Does that make sense? Some of us are called to go, stay in Chester, but go into the city. Go into the shops, go into the, uh, go into the uh, schools, go into the colleges, go into the fact, you know, we're called to live lives here as missionaries. And I just want to pray for you that God would light something in your heart. You're, you're going to be a cultural missionary for God in Chester or a cultural missionary for God in Wrexham. And you just feel today, something of what I've said, you realise I'm just carrying something of the flame of God. We just want to blow on it, not literally. Um, but we just, although you might want to do that, it's up to you, <laughs> you know, um, we, we just want to breathe on the flame and, and, and see it coming to, give some more oxygen to it, coming to life. If that's you, if you feel, do you know what, I, I really feel this word about being a missionary in life is for me. I feel there's this evangelist, I need to shine my light for Jesus. If that's you, why don't you stand right now? Maybe some of the same people, maybe some different people as well, why don't you just stand? It's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, these are our missionaries. We're the missionary sending board today. And we're commissioning you as missionaries of the Lord Jesus. There's an apostolic calling on your life. You're sent with authority into the workplace. You're sent with authority into the marketplace. You're sent with authority into centres and into shops and into cafes and even into pubs and into clubs. And you're being sent into offices and schools and colleges and factories and prisons. You're being sent now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we send you with authority. We commission you in 
in the name of Jesus. You are to be sent right now. Tomorrow, there's going to be divine appointments. Tomorrow, things are going to happen. Tomorrow, conversations are going to be open up. Someone's going to share that they're sick. Someone's going to share a sadness. Someone's going to share something of their family life. And you just don't go, oh dear, what a shame. You offer to pray. You show love. You show compassion. You become the light of the world shining into darkness. Now do it, Lord Jesus. Do it on these dear ones. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, there's some young people here, and you just know that at school, God got hold of me. I, I was a bit older than some of you. I was 16 years old, but suddenly God got hold of me, filled me with the Spirit, and used me in, in schools, and used me in the school. And God just wants you to know that you're going to be used in schools. And this isn't just for mums and dads. This is for young people and young adults as well. Lastly, and I promise this is last because we do finish at half past. <laughs> Lastly, I want to pray for those who feel called to plant churches. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean lead them, but help plant them at home and abroad. What I mean at home, I mean in the UK, including Wales, and abroad. Now, this is, it's pretty wide, and there'll be a few of us here who are called that. Now, it might be that you feel, do you know what, I'm called one day to go. It might be 10, 20 years' time. Or it might be sooner than you think. If that's you, and you feel, you may even know a particular nation. You may even have a particular people group on your heart. You may even have a particular group of people that you feel, God's spoken to me about this people, this language, this continent, this nation. Maybe a particular strata of society. Might be a particular group like a creative group or reaching into the homosexual community or reaching into the arts or media or reaching into the, the business world or whatever. It might be a particular strata of society. It might not just be a nation. And you know you're going to go and help plant a church there one day. And tonight, Mark prayed, I think it was Mark, out in the, it might have been somebody else, but I think it was Mark, usually Mark. <laughs> he takes the blame for a lot. He might as well take the credit. I think it was Mark. He prayed, let tonight be like a pivotal day for some people. They remember today. Today it all changed. In one sense, nothing changes, but in one sense, everything changes from today. Because you've heard his voice to go. You've heard that this is going to be an apostolic Antioch sending base. And tonight you're coming out and saying, it's me. You're stepping up and you're saying, I'm called to the nations. I'm called to the UK to plant churches or I'm called abroad to plant churches. So if that's you, why don't you stand right now? Isn't that wonderful that in a relatively small gathering of people, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 or 15 people are standing and saying, I'm called to plant a church. I'm called to be involved with church planting. Isn't that thrilling? Isn't that an evidence of the grace of God on this church and the grace of God on you guys in Wrexham? It's evidence of grace that actually we don't, because it's very easy to be comfortable. It's very easy to settle. And God wants us to be, whether we go or whether we stay, we never settle. <laughs> we're, we're a pilgrim people. And Lord, I want to re again, let's reach out to these folks. Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for the call. Just one or two gather around each one. Just thank God for them. Thank God for the call on their life. Bless what God's called them to do. 
Lord, we thank you for the call to plant churches. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your plan is to scatter your people right through the globe. And that includes Wales. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you called your people to represent you in every different language and nation and people's group. Every different... uh, every different area of life, Lord. And I want to ask you now, we want to commission these people, Lord, to say, go and plant churches. Go and be part of teams. Go and get trained up and equipped. Go and pray and talk to leaders. Go and work it through in your context because God's got his hand upon you to plant churches. God's got his hand upon you. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take courage, but most of all, it takes faith and obedience that say, yes, Lord. It starts with very simple steps, actually. It starts tonight just saying, yes, Lord, I choose to trust you. Yes, Lord, I choose to trust you for my life, that you've called us to make a difference here in Chester, here in Wrexham, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We thank you, Lord. And Keith, God just wants to commission you afresh and to say that you're a man of the nations. Uh, you're literally a man of the nations. You're a, we, we know your Northern Irish her- heritage, but you're a man of the nations. And there's going to be people sent, literally people sent from this church to every continent and you're, you're to start to keep a list of people as they go. Sometimes it'll be people planting. Sometimes it'll be people going to encourage others. Sometimes it'll be a job opens up and someone goes. And you're to quickly find there's another one gone, another one gone, another one. You've got to celebrate that this is a sending church. This is an apostolic sending base. It's an Antioch base to reach the nations. And actually, you might find as you start to add it up, yeah, okay, we're one, two, three, four, five hundred here. But actually, we're one, two, three, four, five hundred in the nations as well. And we've sent, we've sent hundreds there. We've sent, we've sent peoples to those groups and to that group and to that group. And it's going to be part of your history. It's going to be part of the celebration of your life that actually you and Rachel, you've stimulated something here that's going to have a heart pump to go to the nations. That's going to be a strong bow to send people to the nations. We want to mark it tonight. We want to celebrate it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.